0: Curtis Lewa, Curtis Lewa, Rip and Reed. Check this out. This is the Rip and Reed, featuring Curtis Lewa.
1: Talking about
0: now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa. This is the Rip and Reed. <laughs>
2: Who is the diablo, George Santos? He is the devil in every single way. And ever since the New York uh, Post came out with its—excuse me, New York Times came out with its expose—I have been literally ringing the bell amongst Republicans, Democrats, Independents from all throughout the 3rd Congressional District, from Suffolk to Nassau to Queens, is that this devil's got to go straight to hell where he belongs, in a sweater. In fact, there's a huge article today. <laughs> clothes make the con man. Oh, yeah, clothes make the con man. Think of that. Clothes make the con man. And that is going to uh, actually end up reverberating through all 45 minutes that i'm going to uh give you news of today all 45 minutes because george santos again has emerged as lying 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 but maybe his worst indiscretion and many indiscretions and the thing that is going to cause him to go is how he ripped off his animal fund to try to help dogs and cats and other animals. It was not a 501c3. It was not registered with the state of New York. He just basically used it to grift money. We're going to get into all of that because I had predicted from day one that this would be the thing that finally takes out George Santos when people realize, oh, my God, he ended up stealing money that was meant for dogs and cats. I mean, think of it out there. You know, we do the Animal Welfare Hour here on WABC from 11 to 12 on Sunday nights. It's the most listened to, the most requested, the most um, involved of any of the many hours that I do on WABC on the weekends when WABC stands for the Akron always broadcasting Curtis. And now just yesterday, Chad signed off that we will be doing a video each and every week in which we bring animals uh, into the video recording studio And we do a video cast in order to try to help the animals who are in distress, all animals, all throughout our tri-state area. So good news on that uh, on that part. But earlier today, I was intently listening to Eric Adams' best friend, Sid Rosenberg, and he had departed from being his uh, propaganda minister and got into George Santos because there was some similarity. As you know, uh, at one point, Sid. I think he did a hop, skip, and a jump. He went to three different colleges. At one point, he went to Baruch with his sharpened number two pencil. I think he was following J-Lo. Baby got back. Uh Jen uh, Jenny, Jenny from the block, because she uh, went also to Baruch. Uh, she was legitimately Bronx, uh, grew up in Castle Hill, went to Preston High School. Uh, And, uh, you know, the rest of that story, unlike AOC, all out crazy, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, leader of the Democratic Socialists of America, the Justice Warriors, who are trying to take down DeSalle today in his confirmation hearing up in Albany, the state capitol, as the state Senate committee looks to be prepared to go thumbs down like Julius Caesar in the Coliseum and say no to DeSalle, even though he would be the first statewide Latino official of prominence heading the state court system in the history of New York State. But I I digress momentarily because we talked about a real Latino. And as you know, George Santos from day one established himself as a gay. He might be because we know he was married to a woman. Maybe that was for immigration purposes, as many people do. Uh, we certainly know that he's been involved with a lot of guys. I don't know if he's bisexual or whatever. He said he was a Latino. He's not. He's Portuguese from Brazil, which is not a Latino. And he claimed he was Jewish and, as you know, ended up uh, fooling around with that term and said he is Jew hyphen-ish. The entire, entire resume of this guy is fraudulent. And earlier today on Good Morning America, they actually used the conversation that Sid Rosenberg had with uh, Eric Santos about his time going to Baruch College.
0: He's already admitted to lying about being a college graduate.
2: Well, did you graduate from Baruch? Uh, did you graduate from there? Yeah. So did I. I did. I did. Okay. A lot of people uh, have lied about graduating from college. I've been very straight with our audience I'm a high school dropout. The Jesuits shine their boots on my backside in my senior year when I was student government president of Brooklyn Prep. The very year that they closed kicked me to the curb and I never looked back. That uh, I've always said straight up. There are a lot of people who give you the uh, impression that they graduated from college or they had a master's degree or they had a Ph.D. Okay, not the worst indiscretion in the world. But then, naturally, in typical George Santos form, he had to embellish that and talk about, that's right, Macedonian Phil, one of the few sports Macedonians are good in, volleyball. He claimed to be an NCAA All-Star, starring for Baruch as a spiker at the net, in fact, leading them to victory against the Ivy League, Harvard, and Yale volleyball teams. And then he was forced, listen to what he said, he was forced to undergo knee replacement surgery.
0: Santos never graduated from any college, but he still told voters he went to Baruch on a volleyball scholarship, claiming to be a star player in a newly surfaced radio interview. Look, I sacrificed both my knees and got very nice uh, knee replacements from playing volleyball. That's how serious I took the game.
2: Yeah, he sacrificed both knees then went on to say he had knee replacement surgery. But again uh that is not anything that would deep six you i mean we're used to uh people who elected to office appointed to office democrats republicans lying the president of the united states tells a whopper a week uh, that didn't take place unfortunately with george santos uh, it's terminal everything about him is a lie but his uh, opponent, who is a nevishy, schlubby, schmendrick, oh, what a pishya, who's hid behind the skirts of our own Joanne Hamburg and uh, Cindy Adams, claiming, oh, I didn't know his Democratic uh, opponent, Robert Zimmerman.
1: Our campaign, as we were just starting for the general election without funds, without resources, was not in a position to send a team to Brazil to check out his background. We weren't in a position to hire a genealogist to check out his Jewish ancestry.
2: Yeah. Meantime, what George Zimmerman doesn't tell you that he ran a public relations firm, that was his uh, point of business. And more importantly, he had two debates, two debates that George Santos attended, and he never brought up any of these issues. He never brought it up with a half-hour interview with our own Joan Hamburg. By the way, Joan Hamburg never does interviews with politicians. It was her first ever in a very long career. She sat in talk radio, and he never called a press conference. And then when the North leader, uh, the community newspaper that has won 19 Pulitzer Prizes, and I've nominated him for another Pulitzer Prize for this reporting, came out with all of this in September, all of it in September, well before the election, it was never regurgitated by this Schmendrick, this Pischer, this guy who keeps complaining, uh, Robert Zimmerman. But anyway, there is a Democrat, although he gives people a chance, he says, look, I like to mentor people and give them a second chance. You know who he is, Eric Adams, the mayor of the city of New York, swagger man with no plan, is the only Democrat actually said, hey, you know, I'll, I'll work with George Santos.
1: He's the congressperson that represents parts of the city and even in the state. There are things we need uh, in the state, and also there are things we're going to need. We're going to need votes on the federal level. So until it's determined that he no longer should serve, right now his name is Congressman, and we are going to, we're not leaving any stone unturned on who we should be sent down with Uh, to make sure New Yorkers get the resources that they need.
2: Hey, Mr. Mayor, maybe you'll mentor him too. But now the worst indiscretion of all, I had predicted this early on, and people said, no, no, it's not going to happen, Curtis. He conned a disabled homeless veteran out of $3,000 donated to save the man's dying service dog. And remember, I had told you he had set up a fake, phony, fraudulent nonprofit Uh, called Friends of Pets United, run by Anthony DeVolder. That was his original name. It's when he first surfaced in Republican uh, Party politics in Queens. He was a member of the Tea Party, and his name at that time was Anthony DeVolder. So there was a uh, guy named Richard Ostaf, a veteran of our military, and he had met Santos, and he said, hey, look, I'm living on the side of Route 9 in Howell, New Jersey, in a tent with my beloved service dog, Sapphire. Sapphire is suffering from a life-threatening stomach tumor. It's growing by the day. Surgery to remove the tumor is going to cost $3,000. George Santos said, don't worry about it. I run the group Friends of Pets United. We're going to set up a GoFundMe. We're going to raise the funds for you. You served America. We're going to take care of Sapphire if it's the last thing I do. He raised the $3,000, and guess what? He took the money. He took the money. Oh, my God, and Sapphire passed into the hereafter. And the veteran said, you know, it was the worst day in my life when I saw my dog, Sapphire, my friend, my family member, who had to be uh, put down. And I breathed the last breath that Sapphire exited from its lungs. And I felt like committing suicide. This is what George Santos did to him and no doubt others. There was a woman who was supposed to be the beneficiary of a fundraising event in 2017. Santos brings people together, $50 a person, to help with her animal rights situation. Guess what? He took all the money. No clue where it is. This is what is going to take down George Santos, because, you know, people, yeah, they're concerned about other people, but they're more concerned about dogs and cats because they're our friends. They're our family members. And I believe because he ran a fake phony fraudulent for non nonprofit, took in probably hundreds of thousands of dollars. This is going to be what takes down George uh, Santos. That's why he's running with the devil. By the way, uh, there's also a big article uh, on George Santos about how he is uh, clothes make the con man because he's best known for wearing a sweater now underneath his jacket on the floor of the Congress with his uh, wire rim glasses. It sort of reminded me, uh, Lou, of uh, when uh, four times John Gotti Jr. was on trial for the attempted murder of me and kidnapped. Uh, Every day he would show up in court. He'd be wearing a sweater, wire-rimmed glasses. You know, he would try to soften his look uh, to the uh, the jury and to the judge, Shira Shindlin. And on that very note, we talked about George Santos being a con man. The Gottis have always been cons. And one of the biggest cons was Victoria Gotti, Jr., you remember that mansion that was featured in the reality show Growing Up Gotti with her three little You remember? You had to have subtitles underneath them. You couldn't even understand what they were saying. And I remember one of the episodes, Victoria Gotti Jr. said, oh, yeah, my son is going to Harvard. Well, what, you put a gun to the chancellor's head? So located in Old Westbury, it belonged to John Gotti Sr. We have no idea who he stole it from or pistol whipped uh, in order to get the deed. But Chase, uh, J.P. Morgan Chase has foreclosed on it. And it's interesting because there is a pool at the center of the mansion in Old Westbury, and it's never been able to keep water in the pool. Even in the episodes, they would talk about why doesn't the water ever stay in the pool? Why does it always drain out? And I had said at that time, you know something? Why don't they dig up the bottom of the pool, Macedonia filled? John Gotti Sr. probably deposited dead bodies underneath it. And that's why the plumbing probably doesn't work into the pool. But they didn't want to do it. Victoria and her family, the three little jadrules, didn't want to do it. At that time, they were involved in a tax fraud investigation involving the whole family. And they bum-rushed the mansion in Old Westbury, and they took everything that was there. And I said to the FBI at that time, forever busting Italians... Dig up the pool. I'm telling you, you are going to find DNA. You're going to find bones. You're going to find rings. You're going to find some identifiable traits and paraphernalia, probably from mobsters choking on their lobsters that John Gotti Sr. decided to whack either on behalf of uh, the Gambino crime family, when that's what his line of trade was. He'd go out there and whack people or just because he didn't like the fact that some of his members of his uh, Gambino crime family showed up late, showed him disrespect, whatever, or he just wanted to take their property, their business, their money, like he and Sammy the Bull Gravano always used to do, which was lure them into a location, shoot them, and then take all their money, take all their property, take everything that they had on them. Please, FBI. I know you're all involved politically, but just... Dig up that pool there. Now that J.P. Morgan Chase owns the Gotti Mansion in Old Westbury, and you will find a treasure chest of dead bodies.
1: Talking about- this is the
0: Riffin Reed, featuring Curtis Lewa. Now to the Bernard McGurk Studios of 77 WABC and Curtis Lewa.
2: As we continue on the theme of Clothes Make the Con Man. It's a the theme of all 45 minutes uh, of this Rip and Read because the news is just filled with con men who are well-dressed men. I don't think C.C. in Texas ever had this in mind when they wrote this great story, uh, song and played it. But it fits like a glove. Let me tell you, first off, yesterday I'm sitting down with my Cubana Cheech, Rudy Giuliani. He's doing a show prep. We're all together in the, the same room. And he goes, Curtis, whatever happened to that uh, that guy who ripped off uh, so much money with his nonprofit setting up homeless shelters in Brooklyn? I said, oh. Really, you mean Jack A. Brown III, the chief executive of CORE, not the Congress of Racial Equality, but CORE Services Group Credit, which was a total ripoff and was sponsored and promoted by uh, Eric Adams when he was Brooklyn Borough President. He advocated on their behalf. This guy was just like stealing millions of tax dollars and then paying himself a million dollars. And then subcontracting services to companies he and his relatives own. Total mishigash. That's why homeless services is a cauldron of corruption. And the reason I mention that is because Eric Adams, Swagger Man with No Plan, has a habit of hanging out with people, men who are well-dressed men. I call them metrosexuals because a woman could never compete with them. I mean, if they're in a room... The way they're dolled up and dressed up uh, with their uh, not-off-the-rack suits. Remember, these are customized suits. There's no woman out there who can compete. Unless, obviously, uh, we're talking about uh, spending tens of thousands of dollars. I mean, these are the peacocks. And Eric Adams loves it. That's why I think uh, he and uh, Sid Rosenberg have hit it off, because they're like two metrosexuals. They they look at one another. They look at the clothes. Uh, there's... Uh, Eric, uh, who's got his uh, customized suits, and then, of course, there's uh, Sid Rosenberg with his Joseph Abu. But likewise, this Jack A. Brown III, who ripped off millions from homeless services, uh, was a well-dressed man. And then the bomb, because this was the story that everybody should be talking about, but Eric Adams wants shut down. I mean, it goes on and on. you got to read it in The New Yorker by Eric Latch. Well done talks about all the cronies that Eric Adams hangs out with, many of them convicted felons, which if he were a police officer, as he always talks about being for 22 years, he would be thrown off the force. He would lose his badge and gun for hanging out with them. So the uh, title of this New Yorker piece, I suggest that everybody read it. It's by Eric Latch. How Eric Adams Started Mentoring a Con Man. And you all know who this con man is. He's the self appointed uh, bishop, Lamar Whitehead, and he runs the Tomorrow International Ministries, it's a few blocks from where I was born and raised in Canarsie, right near Foster Avenue and Remsen. It is a, uh, a total ripoff place. And it talks about how uh, this so called self appointed bishop, who few people want to talk about Whitehead approached a guy named Brandon Belmonte in the Bronx and said, hey, look, man, Eric's done some big things. I got to get mine. You got a property here in the Bronx. Eric Adams can make it a homeless shelter and you'll get city benefits. And Whitehead offered to broker a meeting with Adams. Because you know what Eric Adams' battle cry always
1: is: Show me the money. Show me the money. That's what it's all about. This is what he first
2: said when he was sworn into office as a state senator back, uh, I think it was in 2006. Right, right about that. His first words to his fellow associates there in the crooked state senate in Albany. Crooks on both sides of the aisle. He was like feeding the piranha. Can I hear that one more time, Lou? This is his battle cry.
1: Show me the money. <laughs> Show me the money. That's what it's all about. That's what it
2: is. Always been about with Eric Adams when he was a cop, uh, house mounts, state senator, Brooklyn borough president, and now mayor. And so yesterday he was having a a press conference about uh, another issue, and the assembled press corps wanted to ask them about this New Yorker piece, which is very lengthy, very detailed. And talks about all the well-dressed men who are convicted felons that Eric Adams hangs out with and claims to mentor. You got to read it by Eric Latch. It's really great. And all of a sudden, he got real uppity, Eric Adams, because let's face it. The press corps, they're a bunch of, for the most part, McWhitey Whiteys. And he's used to intimidating crackers and white people.
1: And you know, the innuendos that are in some of these articles are just really ridiculous. Um, going back to when when Eric, when you were in Bayside High School, did you steal the donut? Let's let's do the investigation. You know, I mean, this has been regurgitated to say everybody's taking turns writing the same articles over and over and over again. And all of these innuendos that are in these articles, it just, you know, it, it reaches a point. You have to ask yourself. What is the real purpose here? I mean, is the real purpose to just create these innuendos of that Eric did something wrong. Okay, that's not much I could do about that.
2: Not so much you can do about that. So naturally, all the predominantly white press corps, the McWhitey Whiteys, raise their hands in the air because they want follow up questions. Because, again. This article, uh, again, go to the New Yorker, how Eric Adams started mentoring a con man by Eric Latch. And it talks about all the con men he associates with who are well-dressed men. Listen how he just shuts down and intimidates the predominantly white media core.
1: If I see hands going up. If the hands are going up because you want to ask me something else about it, you could keep your hands down. I answered the question already. And I'm not going to engage in it again. So, if you got a question on something else, you can put your hand up. But if you don't, you could leave your hand down.
2: No, it's just like in school, you know. I <laughs> hate chastising them. They're doing their job. they follow up questions. Why, why are you hanging out with this con man? Why are you hanging out with the Petrosians who are convicted, convicted felons? And they would go, this article goes on and on, and they're all well-dressed men. That's why I fear for our own Sid Rosenberg, who's a well-dressed man, that he not get involved in this cabal. I hope I'm going to continue to mentor Sid Rosenberg. I'll knock myself out. He's not going to listen to me because he's a peacock. He a stroke, uh, Sid Rosenberg, and he loves it. He loves the adoration. And you know Eric Adams, he's saying in his mind, I got this cracker. I got this cracker right where he wants him, where I want him. Then he's talking about the immigration issue involving the illegal aliens, and he brings up the name of Jesus at the press conference.
1: And I think of as we celebrated the birth of uh, of uh, Jesus, uh, he was faced with a no more room, but there was a place that was found. And that's what we're doing.
2: That's what we are doing? So he's uh, talking about Mary, Carpenter Joseph, the baby Jesus, and the swaddling cloth. No more room in the inn. And then here he goes again. Hey, Matt and Phil, he wants a czar. A czar in charge of the illegal aliens pouring in as we speak.
1: A national czar. I think it should be done through FEMA. We should treat this the same way we treat it. A a, any major disaster or major crisis.
2: And he's down in Washington today talking about that. What the hell is this czar crap? Not just Eric Adams, but all all of our elected officials, when they have an emergency or situation, we have to appoint a czar. Why would you conjure up the name of a czar? This is beyond me. I volunteered to be uh, the czar, the rat czar, right? He smacked me down. Still doesn't have a rat czar. Now he wants a czar in charge of the illegal aliens that are flooding in. A czar, czar, czar. Democrats want czars. Republicans want czars. How about a czar to knock down the debt in the deficit that is growing by the day at the federal level, the impending implosion at the state level, a $16 billion debt? How about a czar for that? Crime wave, Kathy Holcomb and Eric Adams yourself. How about imposing a czar on fiscal restraint? Because you're facing a $10 billion debt and deficit. But anyway, let's talk about the latest in terms of this immigration issue. The heavy hitters in D.C. who represent New York, the schmuck to putz, Chuck e. Cheese Schumer, will not come to the aid of Eric Adams, Swagger Man with no plan. If you notice, uh, Hakeem Jeffries has been MIA for months on this issue now that he's the ranking Democrat in the House. And let's face it, uh, he'll at some point in his future become the Speaker of the House as leadership rotates between the Republicans and Democrats. Kirsten Gillibrand made the suggestion that maybe we should take some of the illegals and send them up state initially where there are no people, where you could roll the sagebrush through towns where residents evacuated long ago and headed to Florida, Georgia, North Carolina, South Carolina, Virginia, Texas, Tennessee, and parts unknown. She hasn't been heard from since. So Eric Adams is uh, making uh, all the noise. And now he's talking about housing these illegal aliens. And I bet you that uh, that uh, Sid Rosenberg didn't talk about this today, Lou. He wants to house them in stadiums. He didn't say what stadiums. Now, is he talking about City Field? Is he talking about Yankee Stadium, uh, UBS, the minor league stadium? Is he talking about the Ferry Hawk Stadium and stuff? South- what stadiums is he talking about? Because remember, this is the guy who put up the tents, and he was advised, "Don't put up a tent; nobody's going to come." And remember, there's no drainage in Orchard Beach. In fact, AOC all out crazy said, "Don't put up the tent." He put up the tent at great expense. He had to take it down Why got flooded out. Then he puts up a tent on Randall's Island. The elected official said there's no drainage there. Uh, then at great expense, he had to take it down. Only seven people showed up, seven Venezuelans. Because he's giving them housing in hotels. Why would you want to live in a tent? And then remember, he, he brought up the Michigash of ocean liners. Talked about bringing ocean liners to the north shore of Staten Island. Thankfully, the Republicans rallied around the Coomaliutakis, the congresswoman, and said no to ocean liners in the old Stapleton port. He was talking about bringing them to the Brooklyn Navy Yard. And now he's talking about housing them in stadiums. The last time I saw people housed in stadiums, it was in, uh, oh, wow, man, Chile, where uh, Allende was overthrown. By Pinochet, and he took all of uh, all of the folks that he called communists and socialists of uh, Allende, and he put them in a stadium, and he one by one executed them. I, I, I Housing people in stadiums. Hmm. Oh, what is he thinking about Katrina? Remember when they had him in the Superdome for a while? Lou, is that what he's talking about? You know, when Katrina hit. And they had to bring people and put them in the super. Th- what the hell is he talking about, Eric Adams? I guess we'll know more by the end of the day. We'll hear about it on the five o'clock roundtable discussion with John Katz and Matitis as Eric Adams has taken his show on the road to Washington DC and said, could I hear that? Show me the money, please. Cause this show is.
1: Show me the money. <laughs> show me the money. That's what it's all about.
2: He didn't say stop the illegals. He didn't say we're going to send them back. He just wants the money.
0: Spectacular! Now here's the Sid wrap up. Boy! Cult of personality. I'm like Mussolini and Kennedy. I'm the cult of personality. The cult of personality. The cult of personality.
2: That's what uh, Sid Rosenberg has become. They need a crane to get him in and out of the studios here of WABC Radio, the Bernard McGurk studio where we all broadcast from. He uh, he is uh, flourishing as the propaganda minister for Eric Adams, swagger man with no plan because they both love the swag, no doubt about it. And he came on this morning, and I listen religiously, as I hope all of you do, Monday through Fridays from 6 to 10, because there are times I can't, and I need you to rat them out to me, because obviously Lou won't, Uh Mastoni and Phil won't, Justin Ellick won't. They're just upset they don't get to do the Sid rap as sickle fans, toadies, and lackeys, because i got to level the playing field. So right out of the box, Sid was busting his buttons and bridges with pride, and all of a sudden deciding to take me on because of the number of hours that I do here at WABC where at times the acronym stands for Always Broadcasting Curtis.
0: And actually at one point yesterday, I was on three shows on this station. Enough of the Curtis one nonsense. Curtis uh, does a midday show and he's on weekends. I was on three primetime shows yesterday. Hosting the number one show on this station. This one. Then I was on for about... 15 minutes with Brian Kilmeade, 1130 yesterday morning on hundreds of radio stations all over the country, Fox Radio, and then I came back and co-hosted with John.
2: Yeah, because he's uh, functioning as the propaganda minister for Eric Adams. So on all three shows, he's shilling for Eric Adams. But he's also done another thing. He, he understands. He understands radio like nobody else does here. It's so, uh, me and him. we We're veterans. He's looked at this chronificator, which measures the AM number of listeners, and the oscillator, which measures our FM listeners on WLIR that reaches out to the FM. And he sees that although he's well ahead in the morning, that I'm second. I passed by Frank Morano the other side at midnight. I passed uh, Bill O'Reilly. I passed everybody. I'm in second position, way behind. But I'm starting to gain, little by little, because of all the hours that I do. So he's figuring... Hey man, I got I got to stop this growth because in a year or two, Curtis Lee will may be the ratings leader here at WABC. So he's now taking all the hours that he can do. Uh, I wouldn't doubt that he'll he'll be volunteering to substitute for me. Except, psych, I don't take any time off. And then he created a problem for himself, Macedonian Phil Lou. He really did. He talked about. How bad it is in the subways of New York City.
0: All you folks out there that are so, you know, you're so sensitive to the homeless. I wish you are on the train with me this morning. I really do. 4.48 a.m. trying to get to work, all dialed up, New York City, and deal with that. It's disgusting. It really is. It's disgusting. Let alone my son taking the train last night. And he saw it, too. Now, the difference is it's packed. It's dinner time. See, you're not as nervous as you are, let's say, at 4.30 in the morning, but it's just gross. Now, think of it. He's not
2: out in the Rockaways. I've offered Lou, both you, and Sid, to ride with you from the Rockaways, Beach 116th Street, Mott Avenue, wherever you want to get on the A-Train, all the way in, Uh, because uh, his house had busted pipes. I believe that was the curse of imposed upon him because he's become the number one propaganda minister for Eric Adams. So uh, everybody out there who knows this guy is a fraud, Eric Adams, probably uh, did their own little curses, Jewish curses, Irish curses, the malukia, the Italian curse, and his pipes burst. So all of a sudden, Lou, when he said that, when he said that he was uncomfortable in the morning, all dolled up, notice he uses the word dolled up, that's the term a metrosexual would use, and how his own son uh, was uh not feeling too good about riding the train at night because they're staying at a hotel here until their house is fixed uh, in Midtown. He got a text, a text, yeah, from City Hall, because they listen to make sure that Sid is on point as the propaganda minister. And they said, yo, Sid, your riff about how you didn't feel good in the subways in the morning and how your son didn't feel good at night. That's a bad reflection on Eric Adams, you know, well, Eric ain't going to be looking too good on that, my brother. Yo, yo, you better straighten that out. And he did
0: within minutes. That's your subway ride at 5 o'clock in the morning. Here I'm, I walk in with white Joseph Abu pants on, a blue velvet Joseph Abu jacket, straight from, the, you know, Cosmopolitan magazine. He blended right in. Blended right in. <laughs> <You know. laughs> Sleeping on the train. Wake up! Where's my guy, the Eric Adams, the mayor? He needs to see more stuff like this. He's he's the only one out there, to Eric Adams' credit, who wants to get these people off the streets. Everybody else is like, no, 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 no. What are you going to do with them? And then if you take them off the streets, where are they going to go afterwards? I don't care. I'm trying to get to work in the morning. I'm putting on fancy clothing, putting on cologne, got a big day ahead of me in New York City. I don't give a rat's ass where they are in three weeks. Just get them off my train.
2: Uh, notice he had to put on the turlet water, the uh, high karate, the old spice. He had to put on his Joseph Boud accoutrements. And he had to sort of make amends and then correct that and say, yeah, well, my pal, Eric Adams, he's trying to correct that by getting the homeless and the emotionally disturbed off the subway. He's not doing that. Well, you see, City Hall caught him in that and he had to correct himself because once again, Sid Rosenberg He is the propaganda minister for Eric Adams swagger man with no plan. Ah Gotcha, psych, Sid.